Attention freelancers and solopreneurs. Freelancers and solopreneurs. You are tuning into the Remote CEO, a show that will help you scale your business, become the authority in your market, grow into a better leader, and create your remote empire. And now, your host, acclaimed business coach and entrepreneur, Deniero B. What's going on, CEOs? This is Deniero B, and you are listening to the Saturday interview episode of the Remote CEO Show. I always make sure to have the most interesting guests and ask them practical and actionable questions so that you can take that knowledge and scale your business with it. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it will make a big difference. Now, don't forget that we do release the five-minute episodes every single day at around 6 a.m. Eastern time. So subscribe to the show and you will get bite-sized actionable content delivered for free to your device. Also, share this podcast with other fellow entrepreneurs, freelancers, and solopreneurs. You're on the rise, so it only makes sense that you share this journey with like-minded people. And don't forget that the more you talk about these topics with other people, the more you will understand them and make them part of your everyday life. And now, let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I am here with Rory Douglas. Rory is a financial educator, high-performance life coach, and an international best-selling author. He has over 25 years of experience in the financial industry. Today, he supports individuals in answering the questions, who am I, what do I want, and how do I get it? Rory is the, a master coach who combines life coaching and the principles of spiritual psychology. He is the best-selling author of the recent book, Cracking the Rich Code, and also the author of books like Fear to Freedom, The Power to Get Wealth, No Money Required, and Artificial Intelligence. Uh, Artificial Intelligence. Super excited for this chat. Rory, how are you doing today? I'm doing super, De Niro, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited, man. Ready to talk to you about a few things. Absolutely. First off, again, thank you so much. We got nine-hour difference. I'm in Europe. You're in California. That's <laughs> yeah. super cool. Um, listen, I always start my shows by asking my guests to tell me more about their background story. How did it all start for you, the entrepreneurial journey? Well, my background story started most likely not to succeed. Uh, when I was in school, I came up, I was pretty much labeled a troubled youth, got kicked out of every elementary school and every also high school. And once again, mm. I was labeled as a troubled youth. And the reason I got kicked out of those, those schools is simply because I had a disability. And that disability, I suffered with something that was called dyslexia. I read things backwards. And uh, my mom being my mentor, taking care of my brother, my sister, and myself, uh, she basically worked three jobs. So my mom is, my, is actually my mentor. She worked three jobs to take care of us. So during that time, I had this disability was pretty much undetected. So one day, uh, mm -hmm. we were going down the road in, in my mom's car, and we were going someplace, and my mom was, uh, was rushing and looking for the instructions. She said, hey, read those instructions. Read those instructions. So I, I tried to read the instructions. I was reading them wrong. So she knew something was wrong. So at that particular point, my mom talked to the principals and the counselors and say, hey, my son has something wrong when he reads things. 
And I had some testing and they found out that it was dyslexia. So I always mm. tell people to this very day that you can have a disability, but you don't really have to be disabled. So I allow my disability to be my superpower, which means there's power and vulnerability. Where the area in your life where you're suffering, if you would face it, you can use it to your benefit. So that's, that's how my beginning started in terms of getting kicked out of all those schools, most likely not to succeed rather. Once I uh, received some um, help for that, I went back to school, got straight eye, straight A's rather. So that's how everything started. Now, mm -hmm. I actually have um, almost 25 years of experience when it comes down to, to finance. Uh, yeah. I originally started off in the entertainment industry. And uh, I started as an intern, uh, serving coffee and, and just being pretty much a person that's on the grind. And uh, I started from the, from the bottom up. I know what it's like to wash windows, floors, and, and I know what it's like to be grimy. Uh, but I do uh, know that I've learned over the years that there's power in service. So yeah. that's what it's all about. I always tell people uh, it's really about service. Service will actually get you the salary that you want. Service will get, will get you uh, where you want to go in terms of your dream or, or your purpose. But as entertainment field, I, I basically started from the ground up and then I basically moved up and started a pretty much a management company, myself and my old business partner, his name is Joseph Gelman, an entertainment attorney. And we had a lot of success with that. However, in the music industry, uh, it was during a time where CDs were pretty much the mantra. And CDs at that particular yeah. time, we were getting like half the profit. CDs were going for like $10, we were getting like $5 a CD. The industry shifted from a CD uh, industry to a download. So from $5.99, bad business plan. So we ended up start, uh, started to tanking in our business. So we pretty much had to sell the business. However, when I accumulated a lot of finance in the, in the music business, but at the end of the year, I got hit with a lot of taxes. So mm. I really didn't understand money. And um, I basically said to myself, Hey, how is it possible that I'm making $3 million a year, but at the end of the year, I'm owning two or two and a half million dollars. So I said to myself, I said, listen, I'm never going to allow myself to get into a financial crunch like this again. So I became a starch uh, a, a student of getting my hands on everything that I could read about when it came down to finance, when it came down to entrepreneurism. I read so many books, I checked in school, and I really consumed myself with finance. And doing that transition, De Niro, I found my passion. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, when you find your passion, you'll find your purpose. So what I do today, I would actually do for free. This is not work. I'm enjoying it. Because not only am I helping people, I love what I do. So that's what happened for me in terms of having a lot of experience in, in the financial industry. Once I got into the financial industry, I started to work basically for small little financial firms. And everywhere I went, I went from the bottom to the top. And then I worked for some major firms and went from the bottom to the top. So I finally I said to myself, because I have this entrepreneurial spirit, I'm going to start my own thing. So I launched my company, which is called Aqua Financial. And I've been doing yeah. incredible. And we specialize in investments, insurance, health, education. So we are basically all about financial literacy. And the reason I'm so um, committed to financial literacy, because you got to really think about something. Uh, the average American is one to two paychecks away from being homeless. 
and one out of three Americans carry credit card debt. Also, these numbers are pretty much polar opposite in Canada also too. So all of these things are happening and we're in one of the richest countries in the world, but yet people are still in debt and yet people lack financial literacy. So we don't have a money problem, we have a literacy problem. So my passion is to help people pursue their purpose in the areas of finance. That makes total sense. I was going to actually ask you a question about your rise in the financial industry. I was looking at your bio. You won so many awards. I do want to dig a bit deeper into this rise. Uh, a lot of people think that because uh, you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you can't work for someone else ever. But it seems to, from what you just said that you actually did start within other organizations and then you rose to up several times so can you tell us uh, how that's possible I mean you feel like you want to open a business but you're still grinding and, and growing were you trying to find um, a way to to learn more from the companies that you were working for how did that play out Wow man you asked some amazing questions this is good I love it this is your <laughs> first question I love it you're, you're absolutely right you know a lot of times when we think about becoming an entrepreneur we know that becoming an entrepreneur it requires risk and not, not only that, it requires taking, uh, being independent. So a lot of people mm -hmm. think about being an entrepreneur and they say, hey, I wanna be an entrepreneur, I'm gonna drop everything that I'm doing and I'm gonna start this. And I think that that's the, that's, that's the, that's the killer. That, that will literally not only kill your momentum, it'll kill your spirit and make you not wanna be an entrepreneur. So I always tell people, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, there's first some prerequisites that you have to really, really consider. Uh, if you have a job, if you're not willing on letting your nine to five finance your five to nine, you're not an entrepreneur, which means if you're not willing on working 16 hours a day, you're not considered mm. an entrepreneur. I gave it, I came up with a name that's called a wantrepreneur, a wantrepreneur, <laughs> not an entrepreneur. So if you're not willing on working that much, that many hours a day, then you're not really an entrepreneur. Now, how can you become an entrepreneur and be effective? Well, you start off with a job. And you take that job and you let your nine to five finance your five to nine. Now, once you elevate with your five to nine, as you being an entrepreneur, now you can fire your boss. But most people do it polar opposite. They get caught up in their emotions. They drop everything and then go after it. And they really going upstream. So if you have a job, there's nothing wrong with that. But the bottom line is you have to put in more work. You have, to, you, have to, you have to be dedicated if you really, really want to be an entrepreneur, which means long nights, early mornings, it's, it's grimy. But I, I'll tell you this, it's well worth it. Because if you would really commit to yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to take three years and I'm going to give three years 100%. I didn't say give three years 50%, 10%, 15%. I'm going to give three years 100%. You can literally turn the whole... Uh, pattern of your life in terms of I mean, your salary, your position, your goal, but most people don't do that. And the reason they don't do that, I'll tell you the reason why, mm -hmm. because in life, you're only going to be doing two things. Either you're going to be working to fulfill your own vision or working to fulfill someone else's vision. And what yes. we find is most people are working to fulfill someone else's vision and not their own. And that's the reason why we pretty much have this, um, land on your deathbed mentality, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I always tell people, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, if you got two hours to commit, give those two hours 100%. If you got 10 hours to commit, give those 10 hours 100%.
That's what it's all about. But I would bet on being an entrepreneur every time because if you really, really invest in yourself, it will pay off later on in the long run. It'll pay off. And it's not as long as you, what you think it is because think about this. I call it 40, 40, 40. The average American mm -hmm. works about 40 hours a week. They work for about 40 years. And then they try to retire off of 40% of their retirement. Most yeah. are short and have to go back to work. So if you would just commit some time towards yourself and work towards your goal, your dream, I'm telling you, your dreams are not a figment of your imagination, just showing you glimpses of your future. But most people are investing time in other people. And we spend so much time outside of ourselves, but very little time with ourselves. That makes total sense. You said a couple of great things, actually, that really reminded me why a lot of businesses fail because they quit their full-time job thinking they want to be their own boss, but they never felt that pressure of working several hours every single day. I remember before I quit my full-time job, I was doing exactly what you just said. I was working nine to five, go home, just have a quick bite and work all night until midnight or 1 a.m. sometimes. It was stressful. I did it for a few years. But now I know exactly what it means to put in the hours and to be my own boss. Right, um, off. You're talking to me right now. You're doing it. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Listen, so you went from the financial industry and now you do uh, coaching. So how did that switch happen? Was it just like a, like a full switch or did you ease your way into it? Uh, can, you talk us, um, can you tell us more about that? Okay, I do both. I actually, yeah. I'm very much vested in the financial industry. I have my own firm. I have about yeah. 300 agents. Perfect. Also, I'm a life coach, and I'll tell you how it happened. Because what I've learned is this. I've learned that your greatest asset is your mindset. It's not really about yes. the tangible. It's not about the monetary. Your greatest asset is your mindset. And what I've noticed uh, through my years of helping people in the areas of finance, I couldn't help them unless I gave them the disciplines, the strategies, and the plan to get themselves in a better position. Yes. And I've learned that being a finance guy, that it's also like therapy, which means you're helping people. Because when it comes down to finance and money, people are emotional, it's their life. Uh, and when you really look at finance, the number one reason for breakups in marriage is finance, families, finance, yes. all this stuff is all goes back down to finance in most cases. So those of us who are in the financial industry, we're like therapists when it comes down and we have a connection with our clients and yes. working for myself as an entrepreneur, I pretty much had to um, gain trust with my clients and it was pretty much a work in progress talking to my clients. So when I talk to clients, they shared with me all of the personal things that they were going through when it came down to finance. And yes. Some of those things dealt with marriage. Some of those things dealt with family or uh, bankruptcy, whatever it may be. So people started to really, really thank me for uh, just supporting them during those times. And people would say to me, man, I really, really uh, enjoy the things that you're telling me. It's helping me. And then I found yes. myself uh, talking to people a lot and gathering a lot of colleagues and friends because of who I was as a person and the influence and inspiration and the motivation I gave them. So I learned that I really loved it. And then what happened was everything always start with one. It's always one moment in your life. And that moment is, is so important. I had one client that was really, really wealthy. And the client basically asked me, says, Rory, listen, I will pay you 
if you can really just be a coach, like motivate me and, and talk yeah. to me. I'm like, well, I'm not a coach, you know, and I'm not going to charge you for that. I mean, this is what we do. No, 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 really. I need, I need some of your, uh, your, 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 your motivation. I need you to, uh, to talk. Accountability to too. Yeah. So I said, you know what, I'll do it, but I won't charge you for that. I helped this guy and really, really helped him a lot in terms of his personal life, his finance. And then I said to myself, you know, I got something here. So what I'm going to start doing now is I'm going to start working as a life coach, as an entrepreneur. I created another stream of income. I started off very, very fun and smart. The same way I started off with the job as becoming an entrepreneur. I did the same thing with a life coach. I started off in the beginning, basically offering my services for free. Yes. And always tell people, don't be afraid to make a mistake. And success is always found in a pile of mistakes. Yes. And most people are afraid to make a mistake. So what I did was I basically started to offer my services for free, uh, check back into to school, start to learn a lot of different things, get some certifications about life coaching, finding certain different things out. I put everything together. I call it my gumbo. You know what gumbo is? It's a southern yeah. dish. All this stuff goes into it. So I said, you know, I'm going to put everything together and uh, I'm going to come, come with a different approach. It's not going to just be uh, a, a life coach of just talking to people. It's going to be someone that's going to give people some inspiration, some motivation, some financial guidance, the whole nine yards. So I put it all together and that's what makes me unique when it's compared to other people. I talk to people not only about finance, I also talk to people about marriage, family, the whole nine yards. And it's working uh, really, really incredible. I have a, a lot of clients. That's super cool. Honestly, uh, as you said, like the first thing that came to mind when he said that money is actually tied primarily to feelings and to emotions, I'm thinking about uh, recessions and how everything happens overnight just because people get scared to spend money and then all of a sudden there's no money to go around. So even though money is a tangible thing, uh, it, it is everything behind it comes from emotions and even marriages and everything like that. So it's a super cool combination between life coaching and uh, financial coaching as well. I wanted to ask you about your books, Rory. Can you tell me you now, we're talking about uh, how to juggle all different things like your financial business, your coaching business. Then you got these books. You're a very prolific author. So can you tell me uh, how do you juggle your businesses and the writing? Like, can you break down sort of how your days or weeks go so that you can fulfill all uh, your plans? Well, you know, I'll tell you that my marketing strategy has always been stay ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're going into, we're here 2020, going into 2021. However, 2021 cars have already been made. Yeah. So I always tell people as entrepreneurs, you better be ahead of your schedule. If you're not ahead of your schedule, you're going to fall behind. You're yeah. and, and you're late. So the bottom line is, I've always been ahead of my schedule. I know that the average millionaire has about six streams of income. And the yes. average employee has two jobs. And on top of that, we live in a very, very technical society, artificial intelligence, AI. You go into the supermarket, we see machines, we go into the bank machines, going to the airport machines. Well, statistics are saying today that in the next five years in America, in Canada, over 85 million jobs are going to be displaced due to artificial yes. intelligence. 
So we deal with a new industry. And in this new industry, you have to have multiple streams of income. And not only that, you have to have exponential growth in your business. Yes. You can't do things the way we used to do things. So if you're not upgrading your business, you're down, downgrading your reality. So that's the reason why I do so many different things. But I do those things basically with discipline, with discipline, which means I don't launch things at one time, but I launch things at mm -hmm. different times. But I'm always focusing on being ahead of my calendar. I'm always focused on being ahead, ahead of whatever I'm going to launch on, of what I'm going to do. And I find that it keeps you engaged, it keeps you excited, and it keeps the momentum going. I think some people, they get caught up into one thing, they don't change, and one thing is inevitable, inevitable is change. That's one thing you can yes. really count on, is that's going to be change. But are you going to be ready when that change comes? So that's my strategy. That's the reason why right now I have another book that's going to come out in the middle of next year, and it's called Millennial Makeover but I'm ahead mm. of the game with it. And I would tell your listeners and those who are, who are looking, one thing I've learned, if you're gonna write a book, make sure that you don't write the book and then think about the cover when you get to write <laughs> the book. Because you just rob yourself of maybe a year or six months or eight months when you could have been advertising right. and marketing the cover. And then when the book came out, then things could have came together. So we always That's... behind. So if you really wanna be an entrepreneur, you got to be ahead of the game. I like that. I like that. Honestly, that was a huge golden nugget for uh, people at home. They're listening to the podcast and thinking about uh, launching a book. Um, quick question, actually, just a follow up question. How, how do you do your marketing for your books? Like, do you, uh, do you have uh, already everything set up before you start? Do you have people that are marketing it already? How do you go about it? Well, I have a marketing team now and a publisher, all of that stuff was put in place, but I started from the ground up. My first book was self-published. And self that's why I'm okay. telling the listeners and those who are looking, if you're planning on writing a book, no matter what it may be, launch your plan first. So if you're gonna write a book, the first thing you wanna do is come up with the cover. Once you come up with the cover, you start marketing that cover right away. You never see a movie coming out without the trailer first. Yes. So a lot of things that we do, we do a polar opposite and then we don't get the results we want is because it was bad marketing. So. You don't have to have the fancy publishers and all this stuff behind you. You can start from the ground up. And once you start from the ground up, take what you got and you market it. You give yourself enough time to market it, your, your cover, while you're writing your book. And uh, throughout that, you're going to be showing people your trailers, which means letting little things out about your book on your social yes. media and those different types of things. Letting people know exactly who you are and where you are. And then also, too, you can't have a champagne taste with a beer budget. What yes. <laughs> if you stay in Canada, there's a lot of people in Canada. So maximize yes. Canada with your book. Let everybody yes. know what you do. If you do it right in your hometown, that's exactly how you can actually get that exponential growth and it'll go very, very smooth. That's actually very true about what you just said. I know it's nothing that has nothing to do with, uh, with books and, and business, but it just brought up another good point that like back in the day, I actually used to produce electronic music and I know a lot of famous uh, producers in the scene that they, uh, they actually became very well known in their local area first. And then the buzz in their local area spilled over to all the other towns and cities, got more gigs, and then they started from there. That's actually a very good idea as well. 
You're absolutely right. See, I always tell people, you have more than enough. I mean, you have more than enough. But people pretty much spend more time, and I want to really, really emphasize this. They spend more time outside of themselves than yeah. with themselves. And that's one of the biggest Achilles heels is that people spend more time outside of themselves, watching other people's success, trying yeah. to be like other people. We're trained to be spectators. But you were really designed to be a creator, not a spectator. A hundred percent. That when you have that paradigm shift, everything else changes, honestly. Um, I was going to ask you about financial literacy. You're probably the best person to ask anyway. And for those of you at home that are listening to this podcast in the future, we're still in the midst of the pandemic in 2020. And a lot of people are losing their jobs and closing down businesses. So what can people do right now to get back on their feet uh, in 2021 and moving forward? You know, it's funny that an another great question coming from you uh, right now, We're dealing with pandemic, but yep. there's more millionaires being created than ever before. Yeah. And those millionaires that are being created every single day as I speak are those individuals who are taking action in the midst of the pandemic. So right now, people would, should really, really take advantage of this time, which means now that you, you may have been laid off or you may not have a job right now. This is the ideal time to come up with your plan. But I would tell people this in the midst of a pandemic, you have to basically find out not only what you're good at, but do whatever you can. You have to create as many multiple uh, streams of income. I don't care if you know how to bake cookies, bake cookies, whatever it may be, but you need to really create multiple streams of income during this pandemic. And not only that, put together your plan because right now it's a lot of opportunity out there, but people don't see it because They're in the midst of what's happening with the pandemic. I get it. But also, too, if you have a smartphone, you're not that smart if you're not using this phone. It's a smartphone. It's called a smartphone. And it's funny because it used to be a time that you spend more time on the phone, but today you spend more time using the phone. So you have to really yeah. say to yourself, what am I doing with my phone? Am I using it for entertainment or am I using this phone to create revenue? And about 95% is not using it for revenue. So right now during the pandemic, you got to really, really not freak out. And the, and the main thing is don't stay dormant. Don't stay still. You got to really get, get going, whatever it may be. It can, I don't care if you are doing Uber or whatever it may be. You want to create multiple streams of income. And not only that, you want to put, put together your plan right now because, you know, this thing is not going to last forever. And like I tell people, you know, tough times don't last But tough people do. So the bottom line is you just got to grind, grind it out and, and come up with a plan and you'll come out on top. For sure. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. People are being spectators of uh, this pandemic as well. I mean, I know the, re the issues are real. The deaths are real. Like uh, the, the, uh, the situation is real. But like you said, when you have that paradigm shift from looking at your phones and all the bad news and thinking, okay, how can I use this to actually get a business starter. There's people that are needing new things like uh, all the time. And, uh, and that's definitely going to, to be, I don't think a lot of people, like the majority of people are going to do that, but the people that will go through this shift, they're definitely going to come up on top. Listen, Rory, I wanted to ask you about future projects. What are you working on right now? That's exciting. Well, one, one thing I'm working on right now, I'm working on having a, a, a technology 
pretty much infrastructure when it comes down to my business, mm -hmm. which means uh, doing business in a technical way, because right now the consumer's confidence is not there. Uh, everything is being done over Zoom. Uh, it used to be where I had, I racked up a lot of sky miles traveling from city to city, but right yeah. now I can sit in the comfort of my home and maybe have on a dress shirt and some pajamas at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laugh. So, so, but the bottom line is, is that um, I'm working on, on staying consistent, creating more streams of income through technology and really, really um, emphasizing a lot in the areas of um, artificial intelligence. Right now, I'm, I'm um, actually an investment manager for a company mm -hmm. that's called Alchemin, where they're dealing with a cell phone that actually has a projector on it that shows things in 5G on the wall. Whoa. And um, that's really, really incredible also, too. And also, I have a new book that I'm working on called Millennial Makeover. And yeah. it's specifically for the millennials, because the, millenn the millennials today virtually have a little savings. So the yeah. millennials are about to transfer another generation of debt if they don't get their shift together. I didn't encourage, not I yeah. said, <laughs> they don't get their shift together, they're gonna transfer another generation of, of, of debt. So the millennial yeah. makeover is something that I'm doing also too. And I wanna make sure that um, my marketing strategy now is, is that you have to be everywhere at all times if you're gonna win going forward. And you can do that right now with technology. You can be everywhere at all times. all times. So the old mindset of doing business has to be buried and there's a new way of doing business. So I'm pretty much on over the curve. I'm, I'm, I'm ahead. And that's, that's why I want to stay. I want to stay ahead of time. And that's what I was telling your listeners earlier about being ahead of your calendar. If you're ahead of your calendar, I guarantee you, you're not going to be depressed. If you're ahead of your calendar, you're going to have <laughs> a lifetime and not a lunchtime. That's super cool. I love that. Um, quick question about the book. When uh, is it uh, supposed to come out? Uh, it's going to come out in the second quarter of next year. And okay, cool. uh, the uh, marketing is going to start uh, actually early January. It's going to be dropping everywhere. The cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you said, th that's super cool. I'll definitely keep that in mind. I would love to have you back on the show show uh to to talk more about that book when we can talk more about it uh but so far Ray, that was a great conversation thank you so much for being on the show i know my listeners will want to read more about you your books what you do your coaching so where can people find you online okay they can go to rorydouglas.net rorydouglas.net they'll get all of my handles social media and also they can go to aquafinancialcenter.com like water aquafinancialcenter.com and right now during pandemic i'm giving free financial literacy workshops in the month of november and december and the spaces are filling free financial literacy workshops just go to aquafinancialcenter.com and register and i'll see you guys on the other side that's my story. I'm sticking to it, and I approve this message. <laughs> Roy, thanks a lot again. It's been an amazing conversation. Enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at DeNiroB. 
D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B, and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again, and I will talk to you again soon.